Good morning, Westridge. Good to see you today. Good to be here with you uh, here in person and online. Great to, great to see you as we continue our series, Through the Eyes of a Shepherd. Now, the passage we're exploring is found in Luke 2. And last week, Greg did a great job of walking us through the encounter that the shepherds had with a group of angels who announced the birth of the newborn uh, Savior. So it began with that one angel who announced the birth, and then that angel was joined by a multitude of other angels who praised God for the gift he'd given to the world. The shepherds had a heavenly encounter, which they would never forget. Now, the story could have ended right there. It really could have. However, the shepherds weren't content to marvel at the experience they had just enjoyed. They took the next step, which led them to encounter God, who had been born as a newborn baby in a stable. I believe God encounters do happen when our lives are prepared for them. So I've recently been reading a book written by one of our own here at Westridge, Joe Miller wrote this book entitled, Dog, Walk, Talk. And the scripture on the book says it very well. It says, while I'm walking, God's talking. I, I really like that. Joe says in this book, you know, I've never met a person who just cruised blindly without question through life. We all think about things. Most of us think about life, its meaning, and our place in it. I found that my best thinking and ability to hear God's still voice most often occurs when I'm out walking my dog in nature. Now, I've enjoyed reading this because what it did, it has encouraged me to look for ways I can encounter God myself. Joe's learned, he's seen, he's listened to God's still voice, and he wants those who read to, to think about what God's trying to say to them. So I have a picture back here on the screen. Uh, last month, I was, out, uh, I was out hunting in western Illinois. And I saw this early in the morning. One more. Beautiful, beautiful. I, I saw the sunlight come up. And, and I decided to snap a picture of that because it reminded me of something that hangs on one of our spare bedroom's walls. And it reads this. I've always been delighted at the prospect of a new day, a fresh try, one more start with perhaps a bit of magic waiting somewhere behind the morning. I, I looked at the sun kissing the trees that morning. And I thought, man, God, thank you for showing me this and letting me be out here in your beautiful creation. See, I believe we can encounter God today. And I want to be ready. I want to be ready so I can see his hand at work. The shepherds, they were not expecting that angelic visitation that evening as they watched their sheep. However, by their reaction, I believe they show us that their hearts were ready to respond and take that next step into an encounter with the living God. So what does it take? What does it take to prepare our hearts to encounter? Well, the shepherds will show us as they head off to Bethlehem. Hey, the part of the story we're looking at today in Luke 2 divides into three parts. The journey, the reveal, and the response. So how did the shepherds show their hearts were prepared for this encounter? Here's what we read. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now, there's one word I want to use to describe these shepherds, and the word is receptive, because they not only received the message of the newborn Savior, they weren't content just to bask in that experience they'd shared with each other with all the angels around them. They didn't stay there. They knew there was a next step to take, and so they took it and went on the journey. Now, what does receptivity look like? Well, I have these in my bag. They're a great reminder to me of what it means to be receptive. 
By the way, my grandchildren were watching first hour, and they looked at their mom and dad and said, what in the world are those things that grandpa has, okay? All right, rabbit ears, right? We put them on TVs. Those of you you have children, you can explain this to them, right? We used to use these to get reception. There's TV waves going everywhere, right? So you turn these and make sure you receive a clear picture, right? All right? So I, I like these as an example of what we're talking about here because we want to be receptive to God's call on our lives and to what he's doing around us. Receptivity, it shows itself in different ways. First of all, I think it shows it by curiosity. Hey, the shepherds couldn't help but be curious about the message they'd heard, right? Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Now, this was the Messiah. This is the promised one that God had been talking about for years through his prophets, the one who was going to turn the world upside down. But then to hear the second part of this, I'm sure it filled them with questions. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Not exactly as they would have pictured the coming king as he was arriving, right? Is it any wonder they were curious about what the Lord was up to? So I was in a meeting with a church in Northwest Indiana back in August of this year. I'd been asked by one of the leaders to come and talk to them about how they could better impact the community around them and reach out to those uh, that were around them because they hadn't been doing that for years. So I went prepared to that meeting to talk with the leaders about outreach and, and getting people more relationship, uh, more relating to Jesus so the church could grow. So I walked into the building. There were 11 people there. I thought, okay, pretty good-sized leadership for what we're wanting to do. And then I found out the 11 people was the church, okay? Literally, okay? So I, I asked them, I said, well, tell me a little bit about the church, And that's when the leader said to me this, well, we're getting ready to close the church. So what can you tell us? And I'm thinking, okay. Um, I was not aware that this was a situation. I did not come prepared to talk about that. But I'm thinking thinking as I'm talking to them, Father, why am I here? Why do you want me here? And so they began talking about what they wanted to do. They were going to sell the, sell the building, sell the different things, and, and get ready to do this. So I'm, I'm talking to them and, and finding out what's going on. And, and I, I hear this still small voice. I said, ask them for the church building so you can start a new church. Well, that's what, that's what I do. I lead an organization that starts new churches in Chicagoland. So I expressed my condolences to them. And then I said, I don't know if you've given this any thought at all. But I'll tell you what, this neighborhood is a good neighborhood around this building. I don't know why you haven't reached out to it, but I, I want to ask you, would you, have you ever given thought to starting a new church that could reach this neighborhood? You could give us a building, we could start a new church. I love their response. We have never even thought about something like that. I said, okay, okay. I said, well, this is what we do. Not close churches, but we do start new churches. And we could use a tool like this to start a new church. So they were curious. They invited me to come back in September to provide more details. So to make a long story short, it appears that by the end of the year, they're going to give the building to us so we can start a new church in Hammond, Indiana, next fall sometime. They were receptive to what God wanted to do through them, and they wanted to make a sacrifice so they could reach people beyond what they could reach and who they could reach for those yet to come. Receptivity. I mean, it shows itself in a lot of different ways. But the, but the ones that caught my attention in the lives of shepherd was, was how the receptivity made them move, made them take action. 
See, their curiosity, what the angel told them, left the, caused them to leave the comfort where they were at on their hillside. They'd watched sheep for years probably right out there on that hillside. And to go to Bethlehem. We don't know how far away it was. All we're told is that they didn't have a long way to go to Bethlehem. However, they still had to search for the baby. Now, I'm sure there was more than one stable. You know, Greg showed last week what a cave, what the, what the stable would look like, a, hill, a cave in the hillside. And I'm sure there was more than one cave, one stable around the city of, uh, of Bethlehem. And so they went. Imagine with me, poking their heads into different places. Nope, no baby here. Nope, no baby here. Nope, just sheep, cattle, and goats. Okay, so nothing here. Finally, though, they near this one hillside, and they hear voices. They hear a mother singing. We'll stop right there. I believe encounters with God should move us to action. I was reading another book written by a friend of mine when I came across this chapter on confessing sin and the weight that unconfessed sin brings on, uh, onto a person's life. <laughs> As I was reading this, immediately I was reminded of a sin I committed against my roommate in college, telling a lie some, uh, lying about something I had done that he got in trouble for. And reading this chapter brought that sin back to my mind just like that. And my roommate, he's still a friend of mine. He's, he's ministers out in New England. And I've seen him many times in the past. And it seemed like every time I would see Phil, I'd get that little nudge and say, hey, you need to tell him. And I, I just push it off. And, and what I realized is the more you ignore that voice, the easier it is to ignore that voice. Now, for some reason, though, when I was reading this chapter of my friend's book, <laughs> it hit me square between the eyes. And the next morning, I called Phil. I said, buddy, I have a sin I committed against you 40 years ago that I need to confess. The Spirit has convicted me. I need to tell you what I did. So I told him. I asked for his forgiveness. And for the second time, I encountered God in this situation. Because here's what he said. Lance, I don't even remember that. But absolutely, I forgive you. And I thanked him. After talking for a few more minutes, I left feeling a lot lighter in the heart. Forty years. I'm glad I finally listened. See, guys, it's all about receptivity. Because if we are open, we can and will encounter God. See, the shepherds heard what God told them, and it moved them to action, and encounters should do that to us. So what'd they find? Well, let's go to the reveal. They hurried off. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Now, how do you think they approached the stable? I imagine they thought the place was going to be packed with people, okay? The chief priest would have been there, all the leaders of the Jewish people. I mean, the, the Messiah was here, right? I'm sure they thought everybody's going to be gathered around this. And only to find Mary and Joseph and a baby. I imagine peeking their heads in. Mary and Joseph thinking they'd probably come there to tend the sheep and the goats that were around in the stable. But then the shepherds walk in, they drop to their knees, and they bow before the baby. And then they told Mary and Joseph, what had happened and why it had compelled them to come find them. You see, they encountered God in that manger. 
Jesus, the promised one, the, the hope that was going to change the world. They didn't have a picture, an entire picture of what was going to happen. However, they did realize they had a front row seat in the making of history right here because this is the one the Bible had talked about for years that everybody had been planning on finding for years. And they were the first ones God told about it, except for Jesus' parents. Isn't it amazing how this extraordinarily good news came to ordinary people who are simply out doing their jobs. To me, this is a great reminder of how our extraordinary God uses ordinary people like us to get the word of his love out to others. Isn't that a great parallel? So let's look at the response. So when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. You see, these men became super spreaders of the good news about the arrival of the Messiah. Now, here, I brought something with me today. Okay, my spreader, okay? Sorry, I'm not advertising for Scott's here, okay? It just, just happens to have me on the, the top of it, okay? So I use this, okay? I put fertilizer in there, I put grass seed in there. In the wintertime, I put salt in here, and then I do this. And you know what happens? It goes everywhere, okay? It goes everywhere. Now, it does go out this way, right, okay? Now, here's what happened. These shepherds, when they saw what had happened, when they encountered God in that manger, they went out and they became spreaders. They told that good news to everybody they came in contact with. Exactly what they did. Now, this is exactly who the Jewish people have been promised for years, the Messiah, it kind of baffles me how more people didn't go and check this out for themselves. You know, maybe they were too busy. Maybe they'd become numb to the promise because it had, been, it had taken so long to be realized. Maybe they just didn't care. But for whatever reason it was, people simply missed it. Even though they marveled at what the shepherds had to say. Uh, maybe Greg, you know, Greg mentioned that back last week. It could have been that the words of a shepherd were not valued all that highly as being true. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But it didn't stop them from telling others what they had seen and heard. Our story matters. Every time we encounter God, it gives us another chapter that we can continue to share. See, our personal stories can impact people who are wondering whether or not God is real. And that's why we need to remain open to sharing our stories to those we come in contact with because they need to hear them. I was standing right down here when I was talking to a friend of mine about a man he'd met who was a former Muslim and who now following Jesus living in Chicagoland. So I asked him, I said, will you introduce me to this guy? So he did. He introduced me to Amir because we've been praying for church planners for different people groups around Chicagoland. We hired Amir in October to start a church for Farsi speakers in Chicagoland. There are thirty to 40,000 of that, the people in that, uh, who speak Farsi in our region. So I was with him at a breakfast meeting earlier this year in Oakland. He brought his Farsi Bible. We were talking back and forth about different things we'd seen, uh, sharing stories over breakfast. And when we checked out, our waitress said, she asked me, hey, are, are you guys Christians? I said, yeah, yeah, we are. She responded, listen, I'm a Christian. My husband's a Muslim. And it's really tough. So I did, well, Amir used to be a Muslim. And he's now a Christian. So I said, here he is. 
So he took her off the side. He told her his story. And he gave her some things to think about, some things to pray about as she talked with her husband. Now, I say, he did what I couldn't do because his story was the same as her husband's, except her husband hadn't found Jesus yet. He could speak into that. And I left that meeting very aware I'd had a God encounter. You see, his story mattered to her. And guys, our story matters to someone else. It's another reason I've appreciated Joe Miller's book, because he's very open to sharing his story. I've enjoyed reading my other friend's book. He shares his story. Now, here's the deal. We don't have to write a book to help others with our stories. We simply need to be willing to share our story with others about the reality of God, because it not only will help other people, it also helps us open our eyes and our lives to more God encounters, okay? The more we look and see how God has worked, the more we will see God work. I'm confident of that because that's worked with me. See, the shepherds may not have been the ones any of us would have chosen to publicize the entrance of God into the world. However, these ordinary people showed their hearts were ready by the response they had. And I realize God still uses people today to make a difference. So wrapping our time up, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Okay, first of all, ask yourself, am I preparing my heart for potential encounters with God? Okay, I want to ask you to read a couple of chapters this week in your Bibles. I'm going to ask you to read Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2, the Christmas stories. And then I just want you to listen. Listen for the, the voice of the Lord. It won't be an audible voice, but you'll, you'll, as you read, you will hear God talking to you through the words, okay? You can talk to him. And, and that's the second thing that goes along with this then. I want you to ask, how is my receptivity? Okay? Now, I know this time of the year has a tendency to, to speed up, okay? It really does. Now, we also know this year has been very unique and challenging. And here's the other thing I recognize about this year. Uh, the things we've had to deal with can deaden our senses to the active presence of God. So here's what I want to ask you to do with this. I want to ask you to carve out a little quiet time this next week. Okay, solitude works. Now, if your parents at home with little small children, maybe trade off so you can, uh, so you can get some time yourself. But... I just want to ask you to spend a little time in solitude, just being quiet, listening. Ask God to help you look back to see the encounters you've had with him through the years. Uh, maybe listen for some direction he wants to give you, because I'll tell you what, when we open ourselves, when we're receptive, he will provide. And that leads to the third thing. Be willing to share your story with someone this week. Your story matters. And it can have a life-changing impact on someone who needs to hear about the encounters with God you've experienced. Hey, no one else has your story. No one else does. You might say, well, man, I've got so many cracks and breaks and, and twists and turns in my story. Let's tell you what, there's a lot of people out there with cracks and turns and twists and turns and breaks in their story. They need to hear what you know and how you've experienced God's presence in spite of. 
because your story can inspire and instruct others. So please, please share your story. Hey, you want a God encounter in the week ahead? Well, prepare yourself because hearts that are ready do discover God at work. And God wants us to encounter him.